0: You're listening to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, a podcast that discusses the intricacies of real estate investing with your host, Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the equity king. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals. He will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show.
1: And I think you have to put the ego aside. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to, there's gotta be a trust. I know a lot of times family and trust are like <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it can be Situations, so there has to be trust. If there's no trust, you can forget it. So you got to have that. You got to be able to work together, and you got to be able to say, "This is what I know. This is what I don't know. This is what I bring to the table. Uh, this is what we need assistance on." You know, you got to be able to have those difficult conversations. We don't always agree, and that's okay. It's some sometimes the conclusion is to not agree. Sometimes the
2: conclusion is you know, to say, okay, you're right or I'm right. The We Love Equity Show is brought to you by Azria, widely recognized as an outstanding resource for real estate investors with exceptional education, networking, and support, along with profit-enhancing benefits and all aspects of real estate investing. Visit Azria at www.azria.org. That's visit Azria at www.azria.org. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? We love equity real estate family. How are you guys doing today? Today, I want to introduce you to a family, to some brothers that's doing some, some crazy things up in the Bay Area. So if you're in the Bay Area, if you're in Sacramento, Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose, where else we got? We This all in the Bay Area, you need to connect with these brothers because they're doing some wonderful things. So, But before we get there, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to grab your pen, your pad, your paper, your iPad, whatever you got. Get ready to take some notes because we got some unique things that we're going to talk about because they have everything. I mean, a brokerage, staging company, fix and flip company, construction company, property management company. I'm not going to tell it all. I'm going to let them tell it. But just to let you know, if you're looking for a little bit of it all, you got it right here with the Chavis brothers. So I have Derek and I have Clarence Chavis here on the line, and then they also have their property manager, Travion, but Travion is just listening. He's going to be in the background, but guys, let's get ready. Let's go right in. Remember, it's all about receiving instruction and then making that instructions applicable to what you're doing and your real estate business. So guys, what's up, man? How you doing? Oh, doing great. Doing good. Thank you for having us on. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I did just a little bit of an introduction, man. So introduce us to Derek and Clarence Chavis in your company, Platinum Platinum Group Investments. Sure.
1: We, As you mentioned, we are Platinum Group Advisors. Uh, we advisors. Are- I'm sorry, Clarence. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. We are a real estate brokerage, so which obviously allows us to buy and sell properties and look at properties on the MLS. We're also IPA Construction, which is uh, manned by Derek Chavis. And that is primarily the you know, 100% construction company, which allows us for properties that we're able to acquire, that we're able to provide construction in-house. We're also attached with Travion Fisher's company, Integral Property Management, excuse me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, He provides the property management services, not just for us, but for he has other investors that he's providing property management services as well. And I'm not here on the call. We have set the stage, which is a real estate staging company that allows us to uh, stage the properties that we are either flipping. And so it allows us, it's more of a family business with that allows us to provide uh, these services in house.
2: Man, I really love that because a lot of times people think it's really, really difficult working with family. And sometimes there can be challenges because you don't know when to cut it off and when to cut it on. I know because me and my brother, we run a nonprofit in Illinois and you know it could be a barbecue and you could be sitting there with family and having a good time and then it turns yeah. into a business meeting. <laughs> so I yeah. definitely understand. So we also welcome Sarah who is with I Set the Stage Staging. So she jumped on, on the podcast with this as well. So tell me, how are you guys managing everything? You have the construction company, the brokerage, you have the the staging company, the property management company. How are you guys managing everything internally?
1: That's a good question. I mean, out of all the businesses, IPA Construction was the one that was that is up, that's been up and running uh, the longest. And so a lot of us just Derek and I have always talked about throughout the years of working together and I think the big plus was to work with what and don't act like a know-it-all. You know, be open to gotcha. uh, be open to getting information from other people and, and understanding and be willing to learn. I think that's what really kind of helped us. We talked about working together as a family and more so trying to find a way to control, you know, a lot of the deals that we're able to have the opportunity to do so. So with, with that, with the construction company already running, we've uh, coordinated and set, established a brokerage which allowed us to not only be able to source deals or find deals, but also work on the construction part as well. Okay. Uh, through that, we were able to establish real estate agents that works with us to that, that also can help us as well as we help them. Our goal is not to not be a Century 21 or a Keller Williams. It's more so to coordinate with investors.
3: Okay. So
1: it's, it's more of a closed loop type of situation where we're working with investors and they can see that, okay, they're touching all different segments of real estate. And gotcha. so instead of having to reach out to somebody that does construction, reach out to somebody that does real estate, reach out to somebody that does property management, they can come to one place and provide that function.
2: Okay. So tell us, let, let's go back to the beginning. How did you guys get started? I know construction is your background. Why mm-hmm. construction? Was it something that A family friend got you guys into, a family member. Why did you guys get started in real estate and construction specifically?
3: Well, for me, I got started actually backwards. So I started investing first. I became an investor first. So I started buying quadplexes and triplexes. And then over the years, I obtained my real estate license because I, I was thinking, well, if i become a real estate agent. I could kind of use my own commission for my down payment so i became a real estate agent and shortly after that every time i would remodel my my properties and put them on the market i said if i get my contractor's license i can do it myself get material for cheaper hire my own crews and cut the cost on the labor so then i got my contractor's license and i formed approximately four crews or how i have now these crewed about six or seven guys but the way i formed my crew is One crew can completely go in and do a house by themselves. I don't mix my crews. So one crew will consist of an electrician, a plumber, a framer, a roofer, a carpentry guy. So they can do a a whole house from top to bottom and it makes the process go faster with regards to getting it back on the market um, selling. The properties I normally purchase are primarily really bad distressed or fire damaged properties, the properties no one else wants to deal with because those are the ones you get a, a larger margin. With regards to Clarence and Travion, we wanted to become like a one-stop shop. So we said that we can encompass the real estate, the lending side, which we have, people we know who've done loans for us for years, handle the property management side of it for tenants, and do the rehab. It's kind of like a one-stop shop. So if somebody comes to us, they can either do an FHA loan, we can rehab it for them, we can flip it for them, or for an investor who wants to come in and just um, buy and hold or buy and flip. So by encompassing that market, we kind of... a one-stop day. shop. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a one-stop shop. I mean, it's we haven't even really marketed ourselves. And we are we have a lot of work, which is good. I'm not complaining about it. But I mean, we, lately, recently, we've been hiring like office managers and people to help run like Travion, hires some people to help, him, you on know, bringing on some people to help me with my bids and stuff. So now we're starting to delegate a little more because we kind of took off running and a lot of business was coming in, so...
2: So how how long so so Derek tell me or Clarence, either one of you guys can chime in. How long have you guys been in business now?
3: I've been doing this since I was done playing basketball for about I'm going on twenty one years.
2: Okay, twenty one years you've been doing construction and And I've been doing investing and I've been doing investing for twenty one years. Construction I've
3: been doing since two thousand nine.
2: Okay. So twelve years. So you're definitely not a novice. You've been in it for a long time. As far as the brokerage is concerned, it's, it's we're going
1: on our second year.
2: Okay, second year with the brokerage. So as far as your investing experience and everything like that, Derek Clarence, one of you guys, share the story of that first deal. Why did you decide to get into real estate? I know Derek, your background was in you was a basketball player, right?
3: yeah it well, was I still play time and time, but i'm I'm old now <laughs> <laughs> I just play I just play with my kids <laughs> okay okay but, um I mean yeah i mean i had a, I've had a pretty good basketball career and then when I was done, I finished my master's degree and I wasn't a nine to five guy I mean sitting behind an office was just it was hard for me because my patience isn't the best so I said i and I always remember right before I went off to school well, I had a property that I sold. And I had made, you know, pretty good change on that. And I always said in college, that real estate thing isn't bad. So I always remembered that. And then when I came back to it, I said, you know what? I'm going to try to be a landlord. So I bought a fourplex in uh very bad part of Richmond, California. And I just did a trial by experience, bought a fourplex, became a landlord. I subsidized a lot of my units that I have because guaranteed money. Yep. And just kind of took it from there.
2: Okay. All right. So, so that first Fourplex in Richmond. Where did you get the financing from? Where did you get the capital? How did you, how did you do that first deal? Well, my first
3: deal, I was considered a first-time homeowner. So, when you're a first-time homeowner, FHA allows you to do uh, from an SFR up to a four-unit is considered residential. So, by mm-hmm. being considered residential, I can buy a four-unit. I can buy a, a four-unit and still consider it a residential. You live in one and you rent the other ones out. So, I just did, did a regular FHA. I believe it was worth. Wow, countrywide. They are no longer in existence. It was a countrywide loan I had years ago that I did it. And what I did was I just saved the rents because I subsidized all four units. I remember they were all 3 and ones I was getting like $2,000 a month. So it was like around $8,000 a month minus, of course, utility costs and mortgage. Right. I was doing it pretty good. So I just kept saving the money, saving the money. Equity was going up in the property. And then I um, sold it. When I sold it, the amount I got, I just used it and started buying more and more four units. I love four units because it's right under commercial. You don't have to come in with 20, 30% starting off. I recommend people who are just getting in the industry. Start off with a triplex or fourplex. You get those three, four rents, which is very quintessential.
2: So why did you decide to go? And I'm just trying to lay the foundation here, guys, before we get into what you're doing right now. Why did you decide to go? that fourplex versus traditional single family?
3: Because the way I look at it, I and I know a lot of people debate this with me, if you have a single family house, you have one mortgage, you have one tenant. So let's say your mortgage is $1,600 and you're getting $2,100 a month in rent. It's a $500 difference. But in one month of plumbing, something gets backed up um, in the toilets or the sinks or the kids faucet, bathroom faucet, electrical or something goes wrong, you got to send a repairman out there to fix it. There goes your $500. You're almost breaking even. Yep. Money in investments and equity and multi-units usually don't ever drop, especially out right here in the Bay Area. Money in houses fluctuate up and down, up and down, up and down. And just, I'd rather have four rents coming in every month for security than have one rent and hopefully nothing goes wrong with that house. And or and then I'm breaking even or I'm upside down that month. So I've always been a multi-family, um, but I never hold on, hold on the homes. I will never hold on to a house. I will always flip it.
2: You just like to spread that risk. You got mm-hmm. four units. If one, and this is what I always tell people is, if you have one unit that's vacant you got a 75% occupancy rate versus if you have a single family and you have it vacant, you got 100% vacancy rate and you can't do anything. You don't have any money coming in from that one property. So I'm a firm believer, you know, also in in small multifamilies. And that's what we're working on to build more of also, because, you know, it's good to have that one mortgage, but you have four different streams of income coming in off of that one unit. Oh, so, yeah, exactly. okay. So, tell me this. I know you guys are up in the Bay Area. One of the things that people always say, man, it's expensive up there in the Bay Area. How are you finding deals? How are you making money off of some of the deals? So, kind of, kind of touch on what are some of the strategies that you guys are using in order to find deals, and how are you financing those? Well,
3: with regards to finding deals, like for example, Travion does property management. So he had access to a lot of investors that already own properties or have units or maybe want to unload some units. So for us, because we really haven't marketed because we've just been so busy trying to keep up, a lot of our business is, is kind of word of mouth right now. It's just word of mouth and of our history and our track record. I mean, I'm still old school. I still believe in the handshake, get everything done and you keep a good reputation. That's quintessential to me. So for me, it's just old referral business. A lot of investors deal with us because they really don't have to worry about it. They come to us, we find them a property, we rehab it for them, Chavion fills them with tenants, he properties manages, so investors just sitting back just getting his money. So a lot of investors like that, so they don't have to be hands-on.
2: Okay, so you guys are providing turnkey rentals for investors. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So Clarence, Fill me in with Platinum Group Advisors. What what that arm of the business, what are you guys doing over there? Cause I'm trying to trying to lay this foundation so everybody know kind of what you guys are doing up there in the Bay Area because it is pretty unique. Yes, yeah, so I Platinum Group Advisors, we it allows us to look
1: more in-house as in terms of those particular deals. A lot of what Derek was saying, we also receive information from I would say like bird dogs, we would also receive information from other wholesalers as in terms of properties. We kind of work in reverse in a lot of ways. You know, we do have realtors on board, but a lot of times the deals come in and we help we help get them on get them established and get them looking. We're working on moving that the other way around where they can help us out as in terms of providing us more deals, which is more of the marketing arm. So a lot of it is the coordination with the construction. A lot of it is the coordination with uh, the information that we're receiving from, and then working together to provide those deals. Well, another thing that's also beneficial is that we're able to buy and sell the properties as well so that any deal that we pick a wholesale wholesale in-house, we're able to list that and we're able to drive that to to ourselves as well.
2: Okay, well, that was great information there, Clarence. Thank you so much. So I know you guys are doing fixing and flipping. You're doing the property management and everything like that. So one of you guys, tell me about your fix and flip aspect. So you're getting deals in from your relationships. Are you guys doing any marketing at all?
3: So far, we haven't done much marketing. Maria is going to be spearheading that. She recently joined with us something a year ago. She's going to be marketing. Our fix and flip consists of, for example, I'll either get a call from a realtor or an investor interested in purchasing a property. They will then send me out there I kind of give them like an overall bid of how much it is for me to get through planning if I'm adding bedrooms or bathroom additions to get through zoning, planning, and building for permit costs. And then I give them a timeline with regards to how long it would take me to rehab the property because normally I'm always going through permits with regards to my projects. And I give them a timeline, a cost-wise, a, a cost-price breakdown, and, and then we kind of just go from there. Okay. And then, finish the property and normally they'll have us platinum group sell it. one of the agents like brandon or Travion or clarence will go ahead and unlist the property also when we're done that's why i wanted to form i'm sorry we wanted to form clarence and i the one-stop shop so it encompasses everything so if you're a first-time home buyer or buyer you're not coming in thinking okay i gotta find a company to get a loan i gotta find someone to do real estate i gotta find a contractor." And, or someone to sell my house after I'm done um, rehabbing it. So that's why we did the one-stop shop to encompass all the aspects of real estate.
2: Well, I mean, the, the the main thing, and which is amazing is that you guys are not doing any marketing, but you've built up this pool of relationships and these relationships are bringing you guys deals. So you imagine when you marry those relationship building aspects to Maria doing the marketing, you guys are gonna be extremely busy. So I hope you guys are ready to hold on to your hats and, and ready to tighten up that tube belt, Derek, and get out there and, and get a lot of these deals. Uh, I'm gonna, deals I'm gonna done. bring some more crews
3: on. I gotta hire some more crews. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I have to know my crew. My crews have been with me, some of them for over 10 years. So they're trustworthy. I know what I'm gonna get. I keep the same crews working. So I always keep them doing projects so they never leave in construction. And in rehabbing, I've seen a lot of investors go belly up based on if you don't have a good crew to manage mm-hmm. and do your project, your project's going to fail because you're sitting on holding costs, mortgage costs, construction costs, and the project isn't being done, man, you're losing out on, on a lot of money. And a lot of guys get in their business. My recommendation is make sure you have a crew that encompasses all the aspects and all the trades, the HVAC, the plumbing, the electrical, the framing, the drywall, the roof. Because if not, then you're trying to Google a plumber here, Google a roofer here. That's when all the markups come, and you and your um, equity and your profit starts to decrease
2: so that's a good that's a good uh, derek and that's one of the things that a lot of fix and flippers they have a problem with especially the novice just getting started is where do i find contractors where do i find good help what are some of the recommendations that you can provide for people that's looking to get started that say hey you know what i need to find good contractors what are some of the things that you would recommend for them to do hmm. that's
3: Travion can probably kind of answer that question if he can hear me. Trayvon's good with the computer and finding people. He actually found a couple crews to do some stuff for his property management, but he's good at finding people. I'm not the best guy on the computer. Trayvon, how do you um, find the people you found recently?
4: I mean, basically, I just try to reach out to vendors and just try to build relationships up with vendors that's looking to kind of like lighten their uh, workload as far as having to market and stuff. And so I provide them with the uh, job opportunities and it saved them time on marketing. So now they're not having to go out and market and look for jobs and stuff. Being that we have, you know, so much work lined up and we're able to build those relationships and start utilizing those relationships with established vendors already. Do you, so Travion, do you
2: have any kind of certain screening process that you say, okay, well, I need a roofer. Our normal roofer Is on a big project, we need somebody to come in and do some additional work. Is there any kind of screening process that you can recommend to make sure that you're not getting somebody that's going to be a bad roofer?
4: I mean, well, in those situations, I default back to Derek because of his experience and knowledge in the industry. And he has such extensive knowledge in the industry and for his especially on the construction side that he's able to vet, you know, the vendors when we bring them in and, and pretty much know off that, you know, if they're capable of taking on their their part of the job or not.
2: Okay. All right. So you guys just use the team approach in order to find what you're looking for and mm-hmm. slow to hire, quick to fire. If they're not doing what they're supposed to do, we got Derek there that's an experienced construction guy that can say, hey, look, this is not being done right. We need to find someone else. Travion, get out there and find us somebody else. Yeah. Yes.
1: Also, also, yes. I think, also, I think what's important is you definitely got to do your research with, with all the information that's coming in. Especially first time investor, but you no know, seasoned investor, you really have to understand the numbers. For a case example, we know we had one coming yesterday for a fire damaged property that uh, was on the market for eight hundred thousand. It was in the fluid area, but we found out that people were already asking one point two to buy it. So. Wow. When by the time, by the, you know, that that's a kind of a big problem here in the Bay Area, people will overpay, especially a lot of times how some investors get in trouble. They overpay for properties just to get it because they they see it. They say, oh, this is a deal. This is what I want to do. And emotions get caught up versus the actual, you know, doing the numbers. Mm -hmm. So once we realize the bids are at 1.2, you got to know when to say, walk away and say, you know what, good luck to you. (laughs)
2: And um, and yeah, move on to the next deal
3: yeah right? and to piggyback, piggyback what he said that, that's very paramount because there's a lot of deals that i do walk away from a lot of deals i like to purchase or considered off-market deals and when you're dealing with the public and what properties that are listed on that mls or paragon or ebrd or, or whatever they're listed on you, you deal with investors and who will overbid a property. And, and then a lot of times they overbid a property, it's kind of like investor game. Then they come back and say, okay, I want a term out report. They get a term out report for 200000 then they go back to the agent. Okay, instead of me paying $1.2, I just want to pay a million for it. So they beat the price down. But by them getting a contract, it eliminates all the other investors. You know, it's a game that's been played for uh, over over 20 years. But for me, I really kind of have a number in my head. Like when he's talking about that property, what people don't understand when you deal with fire damage properties, not just, I'm just going to throw paint over it and call it a day and get rid yep. of the smoke. You, you got to tear down the drywall underneath that. You got the insulation. You got to get rid of the smell. And once you start doing that, the city's sitting there with their hands out. Like, okay, we, now we want plans and drawings. And we're going to let you, we're going to let it sit in planning for about two months. Then after we stamp it, it goes to a plan checker and it goes to building. So you're holding on to that property, which is holding costs. Then it's a lot more extensive work because a lot of people just, do a cosmetic yeah. lipstick fix on a fire damage. The minute the new buyer comes, call for inspections, you look between the walls, you still got smoke. Smoke. You still got, yeah, then you're then you're tearing down the house and you're double doing the work. So fire damage properties, I like to pick those up maybe 30, 40 cents on the dollar because I know what I have to do already and my crews already know. But, well, but once the properties get into bidding worth, I'm the first to always back out. I just back out. I let the investors go through the games. I let... Then try to haggle down the price, and then usually if it doesn't work, that property's in the Bay Area probably six out of ten times comes back on the market. Then I put my offer in again, because they're not really going to buy for that amount; they just want to eliminate all the investors and then start negotiating down with their termite report.
2: Yeah, they just they just want to lock up the deal, okay. get everybody else away from it, and now they can be one on one with the agent and uh-huh. try and try and bring down the price. Exactly. So there was. There was something that you said uh, real key there, Derek. You said that you like to go for off-market deals. Explain to those who may not know what an off-market deal is.
3: Off-market deals are deals that come from investors, wholesalers, assignments, where they can get a property right from the owner before it gets listed on with the real estate agent. A lot of times, a lot of investors like to um, unload their off-market property because they don't have to deal with real estate fees open houses people coming in and out people trying to negotiate off-market deals are also for a lot of investors like assigners assignments and wholesalers they look for investors who have a portfolio who bought in the past because they know for example just a prime example they go to Clarence or to trade on to buy a property they know that they know already they are, they bought in the past they're seasoned they're not going to play the termite report game and it's a quick in and out deal and you eliminate the real estate fees and you And also you eliminate the whole public overbidding to try to knock it down, which takes time going back and forth with addendums and counters. It's easier for buy off-market properties. You're the only person. So, like, for example, I get probably about three to four emails a day about properties that are off-market. They haven't hit the market. So I have first dibs to buy it. If the numbers look good, I'll run it through Clarence or Travion or through Maria to see, hey, are these numbers good? Do they work? If they say, yeah, because they're the ones... They're the ones that do all, they're really good with the computer numbers. Especially Murray, she's she's a numbers um, person. But the numbers make sense by the time I added my construction costs. And for me, if I don't make over six figures, I really don't do the flips. Gotcha. So, because for the time and effort to do it, to pay my guys it's not worth, I mean, and I know that some people will do a flip and make twenty, thirty thousand $30,000. But what I remind people is at the end of the year, you gotta pay taxes on that money. And you got real estate fees. You got title and escrow fees. So that $20,000 you think you're making really starts to minimize when you have real estate agents on the buyer and seller side. At the end of the year, you got to pay taxes on that money. And you got title and escrow fees. So yep. people need to think, oh, I'm going to make 20 you are not really making twenty. I always think, well, I'm going to make about one hundred and fifty dollars or 120000 That dwindles down to around a hundred
2: yeah. per deal. And then not only that, you have those ben- benzer items. After you did the fix and flip, you know somebody's going to come through with a fine tooth comb and say, "Well, you know what? I need this repaired. I yep. need this fixed." And then that's that's more money out of your pocket. Well,
3: so some- something I do to eliminate that. Whenever I finish any property, I call for my own termite report from a rippable company, and then I say, "Give me every wrong item on section one." I clear section one before I even list the property. So am I disclosures whenever we list a property we all, all already have a home warranty inspection and a termite inspection already done and cleared all items therefore for a new buyer if they want to try to come in and play that game with me i'm like here are my reports they're more than welcome to get the reports yeah but i don't see how the reports would be different from a huge company that does
2: this so does it Exactly. 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 So let's take a brief break. We'll hear a word from our sponsors. And then when we come back, I want to talk to Clarence and Derek about how they are putting everything together with Platinum Group Advisors, Integral Property Management, and the construction company to build a profitable business in the Bay Area. So let's take a brief break. We'll hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back.
0: Finding real estate deals can be a challenge, but with the batch leads, it doesn't have to be Batch Leads has created a one-stop solution for all your real estate needs. So you can find more sellers, close more deals and maximize revenue. Batch Leads offers a comprehensive suite of lead generating tools that cover text messaging, skip tracing, finding comps and much more. Batch Leads help you simplify, manage and organize all your data in one place. Batch will help you stack your lists and identify properties that appear on multiple lists and have multiple distress indicators. These sellers are likely to be highly motivated and eager to sell. Get the most powerful and complete lead generation platform in the industry. Locate sellers, buyers, and lenders nationwide in seconds. Go to batchley.io and use promo code WELOVEEQUITY. Okay,
2: guys, welcome back. We have Clarence and Derek Chavis from the Bay Area and they are brothers and they have a team and they're doing property management. They're doing fix and flips. They have a portfolio of investment properties. They have a staging company. They have a brokerage. They have this, they have that. They have everything that's going on up there. So Clarence, tell me this, answer this question for me, man. Is it difficult working with your brother? yes (laughs) yes <laughs> you know
3: what if you ask the, not to the interrupt you can ask Travion my daughter Maria everyone there no one likes working with me I know <laughs> I apologize
1: No, but I, I, I think what makes it work is number one our mom always said she always wants us to be closer Hey, unfortunately I gotta say our dear mom passed away this month oh wow the, sorry to hear that Yeah, so we're going through that. But throughout all of that, I think what makes Derek and I work together is we understand our strengths and our weaknesses. And you have to understand what you don't know, what the other one knows better. Let them run with it. You know? And I I think you have to put the ego aside. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to... There's got to be a trust. I know a lot of times family and trust are like (laughs) it's not situations so there has to be trust if there's no trust you can forget it so you got to have that you got to be able to work together and you got to be able to say this is what i know this is what i don't know this is what i bring to the table uh this is what we need assistance on you know you got to be able to have those difficult conversations We, we don't always agree and that's okay some sometimes the conclusion is to not agree sometimes the conclusion is you know, to say, okay, you're right or I'm right.
2: So, so what do you do when you have those instances? And just to be completely candid, what do you do when you have those instances where you may agree to do one way or you may agree to have one exit strategy and Derek has a different exit strategies? How do you guys mitigate that? And how do you still come to the table and say, you know what, I disagree, but let's do this and move on. Either one of you guys can chime in on that. I think for
1: us, it's, it's that realizing the underlying, like no matter what, if we don't agree with it, at the end of the day, you know, we're still going, we're still family, number one. Yep. And I, I think sometimes we'll have to just step back and li- we have to listen to the other side, what the other person is saying. You know, we might be strong. On, I might be strong on my point, but I have to listen to what he says and understand his point, too. And. You really have to take that time to, to weigh that in, especially with your business partners say, you know what, maybe that on this point they're they're making sense. Or you know what, on this point, I don't agree. I think we should go this route. Okay. And sometimes you need to step back and evaluate that before you go ahead and make the make the decision.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. And I and I bring that up, just not out out of family thing, but working with partners that's that's one of the things that can slow a business down is one partner may have one ideology, another partner may have another ideology. They started on the same road and then it starts to divide a little bit. So that's why I wanted to bring that up. So some of the people that are that are listening that have team members or that have partners, how to deal with conflict, how to make sure that you still stay focused on the goal. And you guys hit it right on the head by saying, hey, at the end of the day, I may be right, I may be wrong, but what's the goal for the company? What are we trying to accomplish here? And that's a great, that's great. And definitely try to
1: understand your partner as well. Get to know their personalities. You know, it's easy for me and my brother, we know each other our whole life, obviously. But get to know their personalities, get to know what they like, what they don't like. You know, learn to understand how you present the information to them. You know, are they a person that just wants to know the, the like the cliff notes or do they want the full details? Gotcha. So try to try to be adaptable as in terms of how do you how you work with your partner. I think that'll
3: help a long way. Okay. Yeah, okay. and also to the piggyback that kind of learning from each other. I mean, I know I've been doing this for a while, but I always learn new things. You always learn more when you listen. That's something my brother taught me. A lot of times, Clarence will bring ideas to me that I didn't even think about. I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. Or, you know, Maria's and Trey are kind of young. So, you know, they bring that new vibe, that new stuff that's going on now that i just don't really keep up with so you know i learned from everybody i always humble myself down and i learn from people because that's what's going to continue us to grow and that to me when we started this i just wanted we wanted to keep it like a family business i mean we do have outside agents who work for us who are friends not family but we just want to keep it a nice structure. And like Clarence said earlier, I'm not trying to be a Century 21 or while Pinnell. but one requirement that I did request and require from all my real estate agents, we have like eight of them is, if you want to be an agent, go to REMAX or Century 21. But if you want to be an investor and invest in properties, you can come be with us because I don't want my agents just, nothing wrong with listing properties or doing open houses, but I want them to become an investor. Have, have properties and foundations for your kids. Pass on that money from generation just to generational wealth. Now, don't just have more than just waiting for commission Buy property. I tell them if you don't want to do that, you know, maybe this isn't a good fit for you because we'll show you the keys and the tools, what it takes to be an investor and to be successful in the industry. You just got to put in the motivation and the effort.
2: Well, that's good. That sounds like that's one of your your core principles, you know, is just for your team members to really want to absorb the education and then put that education to use. So that's that's strong because you have some companies that say, okay, I got my agents. This is what I want my agents to focus on. And that's it. That's Mm -hmm. all. Don't come to me and ask to try and expand your role or anything like that. So what that does is that makes your agents show a little bit more initiative. So when someone's running the numbers, they can ask you, okay, well, how did you come up with those numbers? Because I'm trying to learn the same way that you see it, Derek, or the Mm -hmm. same way that you see it, Clarence, how do we do that? How do we bring that to the table? So how do you guys manage your team how do you bring everything together so you got the construction side the agent side the staging side the brokerage side the property management how do you guys do you have a weekly team meeting monthly team meeting how do you guys structure that to make sure everybody is on maria i don't know if she can hear it
3: but maria usually organizes all that for us and gets my teams ready and the team's ready but she i'm not sure how she does it but she organizes all that
1: we also have a weekly team meeting, or weekly or bi-weekly team meeting, and we go through each of the biz- each of the disciplines, where we are, ask questions, find out what needs to be done. And we also, that helps us, you know, as in terms of the direction, we'll go by prop the properties, where we are on this property, where we're on that property, what do we, what needs to be done, when do we need to include property management, when do we need to include staging? So it kind of keeps everybody focused as in terms of the, the goals.
2: Okay. So we started from this one fourplex. Am I correct? (laughs) Yes. Started from one fourplex and now you've built a team and four or five other companies from this one fourplex. So guys, you all that are listening, this is the power of real estate. You can start with one small item and build it. And that's why I tell people do not despise the days of small beginnings because you could sit here and you can listen to Derek and Clarence and say, wow, they're doing all of that. And I'm just sitting here with this one single family house or I'm sitting here with this one duplex. I'm just not being successful. No, you have to start exactly where you're at. You have to be a good steward of that one duplex, of that one single family, or in Derek's case, that one fourplex, and grow it from there. That's that's the only thing that you have to do. You can't look at what someone else is doing and how far they have come. Remember, Derek has been doing this for 21 years, so it wasn't an overnight success, right, Derek? That's correct. It, <laughs> <laughs> it
3: took a while. It, it, I mean, it took a while. It took a while, but I always had that vision of eventually doing this. And now I'm getting to the point to where I just take care of my rentals. I do my flips. I work in a family business and, you know, you get to enjoy your life. You don't have to punch in, punch out. I could take trips and travel, still play my basketball, I enjoy my kids, my family and I have a family union. We have gatherings, we have theaters, and we talk business, have fun. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. You know, you only live once and You know, if I want to enjoy my life, I want to enjoy my life with my family and friends. So I got us all together, and here we are.
2: Okay. Well, just a quick little side caveat, Clarence. Answer this question for me: Was Derek any good at basketball?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Hey, I
2: have to say he's good.
1: He could definitely. He's definitely got the shot. He's got the range. You know, I always tease him about his defense, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't believe in defense. I'm I, gonna get, give you I think he
2: only plays points. on one half of the court. <laughs> 40 points. What'd you say? You said you save all your energy for offense and leave the defense to the other four players. That's all yeah, I do. He, yeah, he only plays on one half of the court. <laughs> <laughs> He's that, he's that cherry picker. Once oh, the shot go up, he's already down on the other end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you, you would definitely be the guy that would rebound and throw the ball out. That's... <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, guys, I really appreciate it. I thank you. Thank you, Trevion and, and Brandon and Sarah and Murray. I know you guys didn't get a chance to talk much, but thank you for being a part of the team and really being here and showing support for Derek and Clarence while we do this. So before we end... I want to put you guys on the hot seat. So we're going to put Derek and Clarence on the hot seat. we got these hot seat questions for you. So answer these questions for me as quick as possible. But if you need to expound a little bit, please do so. Starting over, what would you do differently, if anything?
3: I would have started the brokerage first and brought my family in first instead of me trying to do it all by myself.
2: Okay. What did you learn from that, Derek? I
3: learned there was a lot of areas that I missed. things I missed with regards to building inspection because I couldn't be in five places at one time. I would have had more of a team involved with me from the onset instead of forming them later in my tenure doing real estate.
2: Okay. So Clarence, answer this for me. What is one characteristic you believe a successful investor need or develop in order to become successful? Well, I would I would say, I, from what I
1: heard from another podcast, was the Terminator versus Jason Bohr. You know, mm-hmm. the Terminator. You know, you had Arnold Schwarzenegger who would come in and he would just shoot everything up, blow everything up. Whereas you had Jason Bohr, he was more precise. He would set his scope, he would lock in, and he would he would find that target. So I would say, this don't go out. Be that person that to, to be bold and buy, but this don't just buy everything because it looks good be precise in what you buy, do your numbers, do your research, walk away and be specific on your buying.
2: So having that focus, being that sniper, knowing exactly what you want and going after that, because that's, I mean, it's, it's tons of distractions out here to where you can say, I want to focus on four to eight plexes. And someone sends you a deal for a duplex. And you're like, well, you know what? The numbers work. I think I want to do it. And now you find yourself outside of the scope of what you intended to do. So guys, listen to Clarence. Focus, focus, focus on what you're doing. All right. Can you guys, did you want to expound on that, Derek? No, he pretty much spot on with it. Okay. Can you guys give us a good book of recommendation? Good book, good podcast. Besides the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. Well, besides the great show, besides the great We Love Equity real estate show, I would say a good book,
1: obviously the famous Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, that, that's got to be a must read right there. You know, I know in later interviews he's going off on his political tangents, put all that aside, just, just, just focus on the book. Yep. Also a book that's helped me is called Essentialism by Robert uh, McKim. It's mm-hmm. a definitely, I try to read that at least once a year. It really helps me to declutter my life as in terms of getting all other abstractions out of the way and focus on what was really key. Also a good novel read, I would recommend Deacon King Kong that by James McBride. That's a, a funny depiction of, okay. of life in um, Brooklyn, New York, like in the seventies. And that's in terms of a struggling neighborhood, a black neighborhood of things that they went through. Gotcha, and, gotcha, okay. Uh, lastly, yeah. Color of Money. Definitely talks about life in regards to Black folks, how they struggled to obtain wealth in this country and all of the distractions that they went through versus others who were able to get the FHA loans and you know, and, and hand down wealth from generation to generation, which because. is one of the reasons why we are first generation wealth, wealth distributors versus second
2: or third generation wealth distributors. Gotcha. So those are some good book recommendations, guys. You got Essentialism. You got The Color of Money, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I believe I missed one, Clarence, but you can always go back and listen and make sure you get those books. And I'll make sure that there there are links down in the show notes. That way you can go directly to Amazon or wherever and pick up your book. That way you can read and understand and start laying that foundation for what you want to build and what you want to do. And then finally in parting what are some words of encouragement guys that you can offer to a struggling investor someone that's trying to break into the industry someone that's trying to do something that other generations in their family haven't done or the people around them are not doing i would
3: say learn your craft learn what you're getting into no question is a dumb question put your ego and pride aside and Sometimes in life, you just got to go for it. I mean, I know a lot of people like that security of a check. But if you want to have be an entrepreneur or have wealth to how much wealth you want to make instead of someone dictating how much you can make with an increase every year or every other year with a job, you just got to go out there and take a risk. It was a risk for me when I was... I'm playing ball. I didn't really have a job. I finished school, but I, I had no job. And I said, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to get in real estate because I want the opportunity to live my life the way I want to not, letting t- not and not allowing someone to tell me when I could take a vacation, when I take a lunch break. So I just took a risk and did it. I mean, the worst case scenario, if it, it doesn't work it- just go out and find a job. I say, you have to take a risk. There you go. Yeah, you have to learn your craft and just go for it. That's what life's about. Don't be complacent. I tell people, never get arrested in your development. Take the blinders off and think outside the box.
2: Excellent, excellent, excellent. I'd like to add, add to that real quick.
1: Those are definitely excellent points. We've all struggled. We've made mistakes in our deals and we've lost money and you can't be afraid to not get back and try. You have to understand every deal is not going to be perfect 100%, but you're going to make mistakes. There's a great university out there called the University of YouTube. There's so much information out there about people like yourself, markets, other podcasts out there, other investors that are showing, showing how it's done. Definitely link up on Facebook. There's a lot of investment groups there that they are swapping deals back and forth. Definitely your meetups. Mm. You know, get out there. Also, if you see somebody that's doing what you'd like to do, say, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Can we have lunch when you have time? Can I pick your brain? It's the ones that are hungry are the ones that generally do well. The ones that, like Derek said, who who are trapped by paycheck to paycheck. Those of them think that's security when companies have been laying off from when people thought they had that security you got to you got to flip that mindset and say you know what like derek said i i, I got to take the chance I, I i got to do it
2: yeah cuz that's i mean that's the ultimate insecure position to where you don't have your own future in the palm of your hands someone can walk in and say you're fired and now you got to scramble and find something to do so why not do it on your own terms guys listen to Derek listen to Clarence do it on your own terms especially if you're young jump out there take the risk now while you're young because if you don't have nothing what are you losing you're losing absolutely nothing so it's better to get out there and learn now Versus waiting until you're 40, 50 years old and say, man, I wish I would've just stepped out there and did it on my own. Like I intended to do when I was younger.
3: It's a very good point. And lastly, what I wanted to say, Marcus, you doing shows like this, educating people, and this is, you're an entrepreneur doing it. A lot of people look to what you do. So we appreciate you allowing us the opportunity to be on your show. And we thank you for that. Definitely. So we can share our knowledge and wealth of what we know to help out others. Or if anyone has any questions or anything, they're more than welcome, you know, talk to us.
2: So thank you guys. So if someone in the Bay area or across the country want to get connected with you guys, want to get connected with your businesses, where can they find you? Where can they go to find out more about? You? They can reach out to
1: pgadvisor.com. That's pgadvise
2: com. They could also email us at info at pgadvisor.com. Okay. So you guys, you got it go to pgadvisors.com pgadvis- or just shoot them a quick email, you know, at info at Reach out to Clarence, reach out to Derek. If you want to learn about construction, about running a brokerage, about property management, about a staging company, about flipping, you know, about having your own portfolio, Reach out to these guys, reach out to these brothers and their team, and they'll definitely be able to help you. So guys, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having your team here. They showing you guys a lot of support. Keep continuing to do what you're doing because you are doing the right thing and can continue to build that generational wealth for your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids, so on and so forth. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Appreciate Thank you for having us. All right, guys, you know what to do. You got the instructions. You got everything that you need. Remember to get out there. And while you're working, remember to always enjoy the journey. All right, guys, that was Derek and Clarence Chavis out of the Bay Area. And again, they're they're doing some amazing things up there. Got Full service brokerage and a lot of stuff that we talked about there. One of the things that I want you to remember is that Derek started all of this By utilizing an FHA loan with one single fourplex. So do not take those small things that you have for granted. Make sure you get out there and take what little bit that you have, no matter what it is. If it's just the education, if if it's resources, whatever it is, start with that little bit that you have. Get out there and get started. I'm rooting for you your family is rooting for you. You're rooting for you, but you got to take that next step. You got to get out there and you got to do some things. So if you want more information, feel free to reach out to me. Go to marcusemaloney.com. That's marcus, E as in equity, maloney.com. Get your free 15-minute consultation. You can talk with me, chat with me, ask me any questions that you want. You know, if it's about marketing, if it's about wholesaling, if it's about flipping, whatever it is, I'm here to answer those questions for you. But remember, only 15 minutes. I can't use up all of my time. Okay, guys, thank you so much. Remember, if we're providing quality content for you, feel free to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Google Play. And remember, you can always go to MRCS Maloney. That's youtube.com forward slash MRCS Maloney. You can find me there. This video will be there with others. And Instagram at MRCS Maloney, Twitter at MRCS Maloney. You know where to find me. Just Google my name. It's out there. I just want to make sure you get the correct information. So it's Marcus signing off. Remember to always enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash MRCS Maloney, Twitter at MRCS Maloney, and of course, IG at MRCS Maloney. You can also always reach me via email at mmaloney at equityri.com. Make sure you reach out to our guests as well. You can always find their contact information in the show notes below. If you have not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Join the family. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview, or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, go to equityrealestateblog.com, also youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family, always
4: enjoy the journey.